Hello, Flames fans, and welcome back to Locked On Flames. And thanks for making Locked On Flames your first listen of the day. I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, joined by JJ, the ultimate stats man. And we're here to talk <laughs> all things uh, Flames in just a minute. Your Locked On Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. How are you doing, JJ? I'm doing good. That was... That was a fantastic intro. The uh, the Locked On family's got some good things going here. It's all fancy. The production's like... Yeah, I don't know how they do it because I can barely like turn on a computer. <laughs> so, <laughs> whenever they're like, hey, here's this file for you to upload and use in your show, I'm like, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> Someone yeah. else is going to have to show me first. But yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's pretty sick. Uh, you know, we started putting shows on youtube now it's uh it's kind of fun it's yeah yeah but uh opening week the flames haven't played a single game nope no (laughs) but it's it's been good like i've been into hockey that's all i've done for the past three days oh yeah i it's so nice to have it back and in full capacity of like fans the production like with broadcast teams it's a it's nice i can't complain about really anything which is surprising well just the fact that the flames haven't played yet but yeah but i mean it saves our disappointment so there's that's a really good point we can (laughs) put it off no no all kidding aside though it's been it's been great like i'm just watching the seattle Kraken game right now and they had such a great game versus yeah. Vegas on Wednesday. I watched the crap out of that. So, yep. yeah. Uh, goes back. Have they back. surprised you? I know it's only been like two games, but have they kind of come out as a force to be reckoned with? Yeah. I mean, I, I was decently high on the Kraken. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would have done some things differently myself in the expansion draft and other things like not drafting Curtis McDermott and John Quinnenville and all these <laughs> all these guys but I their d- defense core is so solid and yeah. their goaltending is great their forward group is obviously obviously where the concern is with people but I like Jared McCann Jordan Eberle's looked good they have you know it'll be a group effort on the forwards so I'm excited and I love their jerseys. Like I could just stare at them all day. That's the so. selling point with this team. Yeah. yeah. Like they could be horrendous, but I would still wear that jersey with pride. It'd be yeah. like this oh. is the best jersey in the league. So Absolutely. And uh, I mean, shout outs you... to shout outs oh, to go. Mark Giordano. Yeah. Who is now the Seattle Kraken captain, which is unreal. And I'm so I... happy for him. I'm so happy for him, and I feel like he's going to do amazing things as a leader. And I talked about it earlier in the week on the show, but how Lucic said that he's the most vocal captain that he's played for. 
yeah. in the locker room. So I I don't think that that's a bad thing, especially with um, I don't want to call them misfits because mm-hmm. that, that's mean, but just a <laughs> bunch of outliers on the teams that have now come together and they're ready to prove everyone wrong. I, I love me a good underdog scrappy player yep. story. So yeah, it's, it's very similar to the golden misfits is exactly what the Vegas golden Knights. They embraced the crap out of that. Like, yeah, that was their in the locker room. That was their slogan. Like I love, I myself included, I love rooting for the underdog. I've done it with Calgary for <laughs> 15 years. It hasn't paid off. It's fine. No. It will eventually. It will one day, maybe. maybe. <laughs> I just, uh, this Calgary team, I, I really didn't know what I was getting into when I started covering them. I thought that right. they were definitely like a little bit better than what they yeah. are, but how do you think that this team stacks up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really interesting question because going back to last year, the expectations were high. Personally, mm-hmm. I had them second in the Canadian division. Yep. Most people had them as a playoff team, right? And they shit the bet, to put it nicely. So it's it's a hard question because there's so many questions with the Calgary Flames this mm-hmm. year. Specifically on defense, I think, is where a lot of questions are. And I'm sure we'll get into that. But Yeah, do you want to tell us why there are so many questions? Sure, I'd love to. So, <laughs> I mean, they made some interesting interesting additions, yeah. let's say. Which we knew there was going to be some new defensemen coming in. Because Mark Giordano was taken in the expansion draft. So, I throughout you know jake mccabe's name as someone Mm -hmm. who might be able to target i i was talking about that for like three weeks straight i was throwing his analytical charts on twitter i was like (laughs) go after this guy just like you were throwing it and you were hoping that brad tree living's burner would see it and be like that's the guy exactly and then they decided that i don't want to call him their giordano replacement but Let's call it the defense replacement. Is that is that a nice thing? But Nikita Zadorov. And I'm just pulling up his numbers now. He did not he did not have a good preseason. And I was skeptical about that move because offensively he brings he's a black hole. He brings nothing. Mm-hmm. Defensively though. In Chicago, he actually had decent metrics. So, you know, I was thinking, okay, this might not be terrible. But in the, preseason, there. in the preseason so far, when he's been on the ice, opponents have outchanced the Flames 75 to 59. And his expected goals is only 40.79%, which is quite low. His high danger chance for is only 34%. So, like, I could keep throwing numbers at you, but basically, from what my eye test and all these metrics are telling me, is he hasn't fit in with Calgary. And 
it's preseason. Things couldn't change. But they tried him with Rasmus Anderson. It didn't work. They tried him. I don't even remember. Like, I think they tried him with everybody. Chris Tanev. Yeah. Erica Branson, I believe, at one point. Like, they tried him with everyone. And I don't, he did not have a good game. And he kept taking cross-checking penalties. And, and they're cracking down on those a lot this yeah. season. Yeah. Or so they've said they will. Um, yeah. <laughs> why <laughs> that's just I feel like that's just the question with the Flames offseason acquisitions really yeah. minus Blake Coleman maybe pretty much yeah. because I just I don't I don't understand any of it um, I don't understand why they couldn't get a Johnny extension done and we can obviously dive more into the nitty gritty in just a minute, but this this team did they get any better? Ooh, did they get better? At forward, they got better. Mm-hmm. Blake Coleman, analytically, I test anything. Blake Coleman is a very good hockey player. Is he a first liner? Like they've been playing him? No. Maybe not. Is he a second liner though? Yes. So if they play him in that role and he's paid like a second liner. So if they like that's a big addition to the top six mm-hmm. if it works. So at forward, I'm happy. <laughs> On defense, I'm not as happy. Just throw it all away. Exactly. And I I mean goaltending, we have a prime bounce back candidate in Jacob Markstrom mm-hmm. who will be better under a Daryl Sutter system. That's a given because he had a horrendous season last year. Part of that due to injury, et cetera, et cetera. Not but... having a good backup where. No. Um... <laughs> and speaking of backup, Dan Vladar had a very fan, very good preseason. Yeah. So did the flames get better in some positions? Yes. In other positions, no. <laughs> I would give them like a 75%. Yeah. So like a C plus. But again, yeah. that means nothing. They could go out and bomb this season. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but we'll look at some more numbers coming up next. But first, let's take a quick break to talk about good snacks. JJ, do you like snacks? I love snacks. I absolutely love snacks. And before we were recording, you were working out. So you obviously love a good, healthy snack. I I literally just ate a protein bar and a granola bar right before the recording. Wow. I'm a, I'm a big snack guy. Yeah. Well, let me introduce you to Built Bar. Built Bars are a delicious protein bar that are high in fiber, high in protein, low in sugars, and they're not like other protein bars because they are covered in 100% chocolate that, uh, and they're actually kind of good for you. They're not, they don't taste like a typical sandy, grainy protein bar. They are um, comparable to a candy bar. So head on over to built.com today and get your built bars for 15% off with promo code LOCKED15. Okay, so. Yeah, um, I I do love a good snack though. What's your favorite oh. snack to wa- to eat while watching hockey? 
Ooh, favorite snack. I mean, unhealthy wise. Yeah, I'm, like if like, you're gonna pig out. Yeah, like anything chocolate. Like my favorite chocolate bar is Kit Kat. I could eat Thank like forty you. of those. Kit Kats are delicious. So good. Hands down. And like potato chips, dill pickle potato chips. I, I could eat those up. I just had those with my dinner. No way. <laughs> That's so funny. Yep. There you go. Oh my god. I just, I feel like we're going to need a lot of snacks during this flame season because we're going to need something to just support us. Yeah. And probably keep our mouths shut. Yeah. But I don't know. <laughs> I like just to yell and swear at my TV during games. Um, which, yeah, which player um, do you have as like the biggest bounce back candidate of the year? For the flames or yeah, the, for the flames. For flames? Um, bounce back. I mean, the obvious choice would be Sean Monahan mm-hmm. because the past. It's not even a surprise to anybody by me saying this, right? Like the past two seasons for him have been abysmal. Yeah, like, <laughs> watching him try to shoot the puck, and it's he was playing through an injury, right? You can't blame him one hundred percent, but. Like watching him try to shoot the puck last year was the most painful thing probably I've ever had to watch hockey wise. So Yeah, I felt be, really bad. Yeah. He would be probably the prime bounce back candidate for me. Just trying to think here. Another bounce back would oh yeah, hundred percent just popped into my brain. Rasmus Anderson. Yes. I and I I'm going to pull up some numbers for this one. Oh, please do. But Give the people what they want. They love their numbers and their charts. And I love my numbers, too. So (laughs) it fits. fits. So, like, on it from an on-ice perspective, it was a tough year. From the numbers perspective, it was a tough year. Like, he needs a big bounce back. I'm sorry, I'm just getting the numbers here. Okay, there we go. Yeah, so when he was on the ice, actually, the Flames outchanced opponents 845 to 843, so that's good. But his expected goals was only 47.04%, which is quite low for an offensive defenseman. His high danger chance for was only... 46.93 percent so opponents would outchance the flames a lot more with him on the ice which obviously you don't want to see that (laughs) and i'm just gonna pull up his war percentage here quickly which i know was not very good (laughs) and And i think those that people need to embrace these numbers because they do mean something they're not just there yeah, I mean, there's people that only have an opinion based on analytics. There's some people that say, blah, blah, boots on the ground scouting at Pierre yeah. Maguire. And <laughs> you, need, you need that nice combination, right? Like, for me personally, what I do is I watch a period of hockey, and then I look at the numbers and say, does it match up with my eye test, right? Yeah. And for the most part it does which tells me that these numbers are accurate right and it's 
I love analytics because sometimes you can't judge a player on their defensive impact, right? Like, for example, Michael Backlund. He might only score 30 points in a season, and you might say, like, this guy sucks. He needs to score more points. But, you know, if you look at, and I don't know his analytics offhand. I could look at that after. But if you look at his defensive impacts, you might say, hey, this guy's doing a lot more than just scoring goals, right? Yeah, so, he's there. Yeah. He's... And another another thing I love is I love watching hockey, but I can only watch one game when there's games on, right? So, mm-hmm. And if I'm watching that one game and I'm watching the puck, I'm only seeing, you know, three players and there's 10 on the ice, right? So, yeah. Yeah, you gotta embrace the numbers, and I just pulled up. Uh, I pulled up Rasmus Anderson's uh, WAR percentage, which is wins above replacement. For those who don't know, and it's it's a little complicated. I'll, I won't lie; it's a little complicated. It's a bunch of different things, such as offense, defense, ability to finish the puck, power play goals per 60 quality of teammates quality of competition it's all nicely put together in a percentage and that's how you can you know make you know figure out figure yeah out i don't is. that's one i don't understand because it's yeah. just so much rolled into one it it's a lot but rasmus anderson had only a 22% last year, which was a massive drop. Because That's, that's in... bright red. If you're watching on YouTube, it's the bright red. Yeah. yeah. And that's a huge downgrade from last year. Because in 2019-2020, his war was like 77%. So he, he was trending up. Yep. He was looking and... good. He signed that nice long-term extension and then just went off a cliff right and i feel like we see that with players though yeah and it's yes it's something to be concerned about but at the same time like they'll more than likely bounce back and just kind of find themselves in that happy medium i mean look at matthew kachuk last year was a quote-unquote down year for him and it was it was he didn't have um i don't even think he hit 20 goals but his last five goals came within the last five games of the season. And it was when Johnny was on his line. Yep. <laughs> but again, what what do I know? What yeah. What do I know? Um and it just players are gonna have yeah. hard times. And cause guess what? There's stuff that goes on off ice. Um mm-hmm. Rasmus Anderson became a dad. Yeah, exactly. He, he was probably really tired. Yeah. I can't even sure. imagine. And yeah. like I just think that people have this mindset that oh, they're hockey players. They're just they're supposed to be robots. Like nothing else can like impact them. They're just like invincible. Mm-hmm. It's like no. <laughs> they get bad yeah. night's sleep. They're probably going to play like crap. Yeah. And that's why you know, players have bounce back years and mm-hmm. you know, like for Rasmus Anderson he was a 23-year-old defenseman that played top four minutes for the first time in his career. That's a huge step. Yeah. Absolutely huge. And like you said, he became a dad and this and that, right? So that's yeah. why 
you can't just look at numbers and you can't just look at, you know, what's happening off the ice, eye test, et cetera, right? You got to combine them all into a nice. Exactly. Yeah. And just tie it up with a little bow and say, this was this year. Doesn't mean it's going to happen again, especially if it's negative, because I feel like people will just harp on that and let that get to them. But best of luck to everyone. Um, but speaking of players who did have a good year, you're wearing his wonderful artwork right now. Um, for those who aren't watching on YouTube, it is Mangiapani's beautiful Flaming Sea masterpiece. Um, my shirt's in the mail. Uh, podcast mom, Lindsay, grabbed Love one it. for me and shipped it. Love it. So I didn't have to pay like more for the shipping than the shirt. Um, awesome. So he, last year, he, you know, well, before the pause in 2019, 2020, he was trending upwards, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly, because he was one of the first players that caught my eye when I started covering the team, which was right yeah. around the time of the pause. And I was like, this kid, like, he's only 22, 23. What do you mean? And I was so impressed. And then he came back last year and really proved himself mm-hmm. as a middle six guy. Yeah. Especially on the Flames. I'm sorry. But, like, you don't have much to work with last year. While you're playing yeah. Brett Ritchie on the top line, like I can't even go into it because I'm going to get so upset and I don't want to do that because we're recording at like 1030 my time and I don't want to wake up my neighbors but um (laughs) my poor old lady neighbor um I just you have to utilize these players correctly otherwise they're gonna be like get me the hell out of here um Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I think that he will be utilized in a better way this season. Or so I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Andrew Mangiapane is such a good hockey player. Like, so his numbers last year were tremendous. Mm-hmm. 92% war, which is super duper nice. I mean, like, almost the best in the league. Like, Pretty good. And he outchan <laughs> when he was on the ice, the Flames outchanced opponents seven hundred and twenty-eight to five hundred and ninety-five. So that's a like chances for percentage of fifty-five percent, which is very good. Expected goals of fifty-eight point five six percent, which is very good. High danger percent chance of 58.78 which is very good so if you if you're getting if you're getting the hint i'm saying is andrew mangiapani is very good something and, about those number 88s with carbohydrates as their last yeah. name there's there's something there Basta. But, yep yeah. i just i want to see them thrive together oh but. well David Pasternak to Calgary, that'd be that'd be pretty cool. I'd be okay that with would, that. I don't think yeah. it ever happened, but no, no. I definitely wouldn't wouldn't complain about that at all. No, oh my god, no! I would be so excited. Yeah, but but Andrew Mangiapane, 
the best description I've ever gotten of him is from Calgary Flames data analyst. Uh, you know him as twi- on Twitter as Flash underscore 33 or Shane. And he just described Mangiapane as a little, uh, as a bee, right? He's just, he's on the ice. He's in your face. Mm-hmm. He's everywhere. <laughs> he's he's going to piss you off. He's going to score. He's just, he's a little bee and I love him. Yeah, he's, and, can't complain. He's no. great. I'm so happy no. for him. I'm so happy to just, to like have him on the flames and then, you know, when yeah. you're probably listening to this, you're probably about 36 hours away from puck drop. So that's closer than we are right now. Yeah. Um, but we're going to see him very soon. Very soon. Very soon. Yeah. And I mean, we talked about underdogs earlier. Andrew Mangiapane mm-hmm. is the ideal example of an underdog. Was never drafted into, into the Ontario Hockey League. Worked his way up there. Drafted in the sixth sixth round of the NHL draft. You know, yeah, people he's... didn't expect him to be a top six forward. He worked his way up. Now he's he's killing it. So prayers for a eight six to eight year contract extension, please. And thank you. Do you think he ever hits a hundred points in a season? Mangiapani? Yeah. <sighs> If he's playing with McDavid and Pasternak, maybe. Okay, that's fair. Not, he's not, not the same. He's not gonna, you know, he's not gonna score you fifty goals. Yeah. He's more, the most important thing about Mangiapane is his defensive impact. Yeah, like, he's just, gonna beat someone out for the Selkie someday. I, I have a strong this season. This I'm season, I would be okay if he robbed Patrice Bergeron. Yeah. It'd be okay. Yeah, like he he should have gotten Selkie votes last year mm-hmm. and he got none. So that better change or I'm going to start talking to these media members because they aren't seeing. <laughs> it just, it's, um oh my God, what's the meme? It's like, this is anti-Italian discrimination or something. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's, it's that. It, it's fine. It's just, we just got to get his name out there more. And I think that he'll do that for himself this year. Um, is there anything else you want to add before we move on? Uh, just that Andrew Mangiapane is in the 96th percentile for defensive impact, which is quite good. And That's unreal. Do you want me to go into our favorite defenseman? Yeah, actually, let's do that. Let's, Got you. Yeah. Yeah, so... When the Flames brought in Nikita Zadorov on defense, they also brought in Eric Goodbranson. And Eric Goodbranson is not a very good hockey player. What is but it, $2.5 million? Just a shade under two, like one point. Okay, I wasn't sure. I mean, anything over 750k is an overpay, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, ridiculous. But by any metric you look at, and I mean any metric, he is not a good defenseman. In preseason, I mean, I was in person in that at that first preseason game in Edmonton, and 
That was the worst performance I think I've ever seen. I was laughing. I was, <laughs> there was this booing, like, it was insane. Oh, my God. And, I mean, my eye test matched up perfectly <laughs> with metrics because in the five preseason games he played, the Calgary Flames were outchanced 68 to 51, which is not good. Not good. His expected goals was 35%, which is super low. His high danger chance four was 33%, which is basically means uh, the Flames gave up 10 high danger chances and only score only had five when he was on the ice in preseason. So nice. And his war percentage was 6%. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, boy. Like, I could. I I still don't understand this signing. The one thing he has going for him is that he's 6'5", 220 or whatever he is. That's why he was signed. That's it. And he shoots right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like that's all Daryl Sutter wants. So yeah, I, but I just don't understand because Jason Demers, who is still a free agent, was mm-hmm. a better defenseman, but a better metrics, etc., 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 and he can't even get a contract. Well, I don't want to speculate, but maybe it's personal choice. I don't know what's going on, but from what I know, he doesn't have a contract with an NHL team. Yeah the moment and eric and branson got two million dollars so i wish i was that bad at my job and got through that kind of money i think the worst part for me is that the flames re-signed michael stone which was a good move he was good under daryl sutter which is weird for me to say because i was on team get michael stone out of town for like three years and they kept bringing him back and then he finally had a good season and proved me wrong. So I wanted him yeah. back. And they brought him back for 750K. <laughs> and it's awesome. And then they're like, you know what, James? I'm going to ruin your day. And then Erica Branson for $2 million. It's which, just, it's so disappointing. Like, how, how do you pay him $2 million? Were you bidding with another team? Like, was another team wanting Eric Branson? <laughs> For how much? Like, like, to the point where you're like, okay, I'll, I'll give you just under $2 million. Like, like what? Who in their right mind? I, who could it have been? Yeah, like, I, I don't understand that signing. I big. Like, that's the only, that's the only yeah, thing. Yeah, like, that's on. his that's his thing and like that's yeah. it he's he's yeah. a big boy that's it he's, yeah yeah and he had a awful preseason which was expected but you know there's always those first couple games where you know you give him the benefit of the doubt maybe with a new team but Eric Branson is on his fifth or sixth team in the past three years like he he's getting passed around like a cheese platter at a party. Like, at, <laughs> at one point, you just have to figure out that this player just isn't very good, right? And, you know, props to him. He's made 
probably close to $50 million playing hockey. Like, I'm sure he's fine with me trash talking him because he can't hear me because his ears are plugged with all that money. So, (laughs) right? Like, oh my God. Props to him for just how. I, I yeah. don't understand because, like, if you want to get better, you have to play pay defensemen, but you need to pay good defensemen. Yeah, you can't just like be like, okay, here's like two million dollars to yeah. a bum. You're yeah. not gonna have any success there. And I think they finally realized with the bottom six that, or yeah, the bottom six that like you can't just pay some guy seven hundred thousand dollars to come in here. Oh. And think you're gonna win, because mm-hmm. that's not the right formula. Um, yeah. I mean, you have I, I don't I don't know I I just this team sometimes <laughs> like the more I think about it, the more I think my brain is gonna short circuit, and they haven't even played a regular season. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll try and help you feel better about this team <laughs> because. There are some positives. There are. Brad Richardson, Trevor Lewis, Nikita Zadora, Blake Coleman, like all these signings that are brought in. Mm-hmm. Like Trevor Lewis, Brad Richardson, Nikita Zadora, they have no, they put up no offense. No. But by some defensive metrics, they're okay. They're all right. So what I like to say is they're net zero. They're not going to. If you're going to play them on a fourth line, they're not going to score you a goal, but they're most likely not going to allow a goal against. So as long as our top six, and I like our top six, mm-hmm. as long as that top six can score, the Flames have a chance at the playoffs because if they get off early and Johnny Gaudreau goes over to Lindholm and goes to Kachuk and they pot two quick goals early, they should theoretically with the defensive talent they have on this team. And I don't mean defense, like defensemen. I mean like the two way forwards. Yeah. With the amount of those players they have on this, Mm -hmm. they should be able to hold a lead and grind any team down in the league. And I guess another positive is other teams are going to hate to play the Calgary flames. Yeah. Calgary Flames are going to be in your face. They're going to hit you. They're going to shut you down. They're going they're like a mini way less New York Islanders to put it nice. Like I don't want like the mini mites team, like the yeah, the baby versions. Like I don't, I don't want to compare them to the New York Islanders because they're a very good team and they have playoff success. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's not the Calgary Flames, but they are like the New York Islanders. If you took a light version times like 50, <laughs> so yeah, they're just just they take have, away the playoff success and yeah, they, you, you're there. They they have like they're built as a team that has an identity and that's Mm -hmm. been a problem with the flames for as long as I've been a fan of them really since Iggy left. Like they, they've just been kind of this mediocre. We have a couple guys that score. We have a couple bad players, you know? Yeah. I've just been mediocre in the middle. Now they're 
a mediocre team in the middle that plays hard and is good defensively. So at least there's an identity there. Yeah, there's something. <laughs> there's definitely more than there was two years ago. Um, mm-hmm. I just can't believe that they've been through two coaches yeah. in three years. Um, that's talent. <laughs> that's, that is truly talent. Um, yeah. I think if you go even further back, I think it's five coaches in six seasons. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I, oh, my God. Oh. Like, are the coaches bad or is it just the team? Like, I, I genuinely yeah. don't know. Like, there's... There's so many questions. And I mean, for some of them, it was good for them to leave. I'm not going to name that person's name, but we all know that story. And others, it didn't work. Glenn Gullitson was not an NHL coach. No. And I wanted to freaking punch that guy in the face because he made me so angry. (laughs) And the guy that I won't name was actually a good coach. And the Flames had success under him but he was a terrible person. (laughs) And then, you know, you bring in Jeff Ward, who, similar to Glenn Gullitson, was a good person. He tried. But was not an NHL caliber coach. No. And now? We got old man Sutter off the farm. Now we got Dino (laughs) Daryl. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. I'm bringing back that nickname. I've never heard that before. What? Yeah, I no. With, I came up with that on Twitter. Everybody loved it. And then I kind of I kind of stopped. I was like, you know, I'm going to stop picking on Daryl Sutter here for like the summer. I'm going to just see how the games go. But yeah. Daryl Sutter teams, you know, I'll give the guy credit. They, they're usually good possession numbers, chances, like if he's an analytics guy, which I know he's not, but if he looks at any analytics, he has had success. Mm-hmm. His teams have statistically been good teams. So, and, you know, last season, in those last 10 games or so, the Flames were a very good team. Part of that is because we played the Vancouver Canucks like five times who had, who were like had COVID, COVID. Like, yeah, that's it's so, you know, you have to take it with a grain of salt, but the team it, under Daryl Sutter was good and yeah. he gives them an identity. So even though I'm not the biggest fan of Daryl Sutter, it's a coach that is going to be here for this year and next mm-hmm. who is going to instill some form of identity into this team and already has. And it's the like if I was in charge of this team, I love watching teams that are all offense, right? Like mm-hmm. of course. Base. Like I want exciting hockey. The Flames aren't going to be an exciting hockey team. But we'll see if them not being exciting works for them. Maybe. I hope so. Because I mean I don't want them to put me to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Um I unfortunately have work to do after games uh, that involve the games. So me falling asleep during my job would just not be good. Yeah. (laughs) 
But coming up next, we will wrap up the show with our winners and losers of the week. Um, but first, let me talk to you about sports betting. Um, I'm not a betting person because my predictions, um, I had the Flames coming in second last season in the North Division. So you can <laughs> see why I don't put, because I would have been like, here's all my money, and then I'd be broke. Yeah. But Bet Online AG just revamped their website, so they have all these amazing bets, props, updates, uh, Vegas arcade games available for you. And you can earn a 50% welcome bonus when you sign up today and use promo code locked on. And that's promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus. So it has Ooh. been a little bit of time since I've had a guest on for a Friday show where we've done winners and losers of the week. So welcome. Nice. I explained to you before the show that basically my old co-host, Sean, who worked for TSN, was like, I'm ripping this from, I think it was Leaf's Lunch or something. I don't know. But they mm-hmm. would um, do winners and losers of the weekend on Monday. So we would just stole it and said, we're going to do it on Friday. So, mm-hmm. um Sean, I don't know if you listen to this podcast, but hi. Um, thanks for <laughs> thanks for helping. Um, do you want to start with winners or losers? It's up to you. I can do whatever. You know, we just we sat in some negativity for a while, so why don't sure. we stew in it some more? Who's your loser of the week? <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna pull up the score from one game that's being played today. Oh no! And. The Arizona Coyotes did some good things. They're trending towards a rebuild, but they are a massive loser tonight as they lost eight to two to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Eight more to specific- two? Yeah, more specifically, Carter Hutton is a massive loser because he allowed eight goals on 28, 26 shots. So That's I'm bad. just going to say. Just because I watched that game a bit today, the loser is the Arizona Coyotes. And I feel for those fans because it's going to be a long season with Carter Hutton and unnamed goaltender that I have no idea in that. Yeah. I just, I like their idea of stashing all those draft picks. I think that that's yeah. genius. Uh, just depending on how they use them, I guess. Yeah. Uh, like, it's. It's great for the Arizona Coyotes to rebuild. It's fantastic. I wish the Flames did that two years ago. Yeah, when they really should have done it. But it'll be great in four years. (laughs) But for right now, the Arizona Coyotes are losers. (laughs) Uh, My loser of the week is most definitely Urban Meyer. Uh, head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars just because that he he's lost the room and I know that the whole uh, situation where in Ohio was two weeks ago but I just feel like every time I log on there's always something about him Um, (laughs) and they they haven't won a game so you're really the loser in my eyes Um, as for my winner I, I don't know. I kind of want to give it to like my pillow because like <laughs> a solid <laughs> nap today that I really needed. But I'm gonna go Brady Kachuk because he 
not a massive payday today. Um, Kind of a bit of an overpayment, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. But unless you got to cash those checks. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully they clear. I mean, it's the Ottawa Senators, so I don't know what their money situation actually looks like. But um, good luck to Brad Tree Living when negotiating with Matthew. (laughs) Mainly Keith. I'm assuming that this is going to be a Keith-driven decision. Uh, yeah. But enjoy. $57 million. Oh yeah. Yeah. And Brady is another example of someone that analytics are down on him mm-hmm. quite a bit. Because... He's a unicorn in the league, same as Matthew Kachuk. He's a player that does a lot of things. But Brady yeah. Kachuk has never scored more than 50 points in a season. And now he's making $8.2 million, which is insane. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not excited for Matthew Kachuk contract negotiations next summer. That's going to yeah. be awful. With a $9 million qualifying offer, which I know they don't have to extend, but the Kachuks don't seem like the people who are going to take team-friendly deals. No. And listen, I'm all about securing the bag. You make your money, but if you... I don't know. I just... I don't... That's a whole other discussion, but... (laughs) Best of luck to everybody involved in that um, negotiation because I'm just not... That's... I want nothing to do with that from the front office. No. And uh, my winner for the week is the Seattle Kraken, because as we are recording this, I just watched the Seattle Kraken win their first NHL game in history. They beat the Nashville Predators 4-3, so shout out to the Seattle Kraken. Yeah, shout out to them. They're they're pretty cool. they They have beautiful jerseys. They've played two games already, and I love them, and... This is a Flames podcast, but go Kraken. Yeah, honestly, this is a try to find positivity where you can. <laughs> um, so, you know, even though the Kraken are in our division, it's fine. Um, I thought it was so cool, the little pregame theatrics that Vegas did. That was super cool. I just, I hated it for the playoffs back in 2018. When they played the Capitals and everything was a production. Mm-hmm. But just to give like that kind of welcome <laughs> to yeah. like in your first game, especially as like the second latest expansion team technically now. Um, I think yeah. that's really cool. And props to everybody who number one pitches those and then executes them because I, I would press the wrong button. <laughs> and- <laughs> All the power would go out. So um, I hope you're all getting paid well enough because you do some hard work. Um, So that's all I have for today. Uh, Do you want to plug your social media and where we can find your podcast? Sure. Yeah. So my social media is there on the screen at James Johnson YYC. You can find me on Twitter posting way too many memes for anybody's liking way too many flames related tweets i'm all over the place ones are great 
Oh yeah. yeah. I love Elliot. <laughs> and uh you can find my podcast at the Barnburner Hockey Podcast on Apple, Spotify, this or that. Me and my co host Audie, who we both appeared on the show about I wanna say a month ago. Yeah. Month and, a half. and yeah, we're we're having a good time. We have we have a, a couple player interviews with Yusuf Alamaki, Matthew Phillips. We've and got the good having, stuff there. We're having a good time. So <laughs> check us out over there. And for any Flames fans, there's actually a brand new call-in show that we're going to be hosting yes. starting on Saturday, and that'll be called the Afterburn Call-in Show. So if you want to, a cool name. That's I like uh, that. I wish I could take credit for, but that was all Audi. I wish I could take credit and say that was my idea, but it wasn't. But yeah, you can, if you're mad at the flames or happy or depressed or angry or anything. Whatever you're on, feeling. Come on post game, chat with me and Audi. Maybe we'll have some guests on from time to time. Maybe we'll have Jess on, who knows. That would be but, fun. Yeah. So, it'll be fun. Our first yeah. our first show will be on Saturday. So that'll be tomorrow when yeah. you guys are listening to this. So come come chat and say hello to me and Audie on Saturday. It'll yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, you were very flexible considering I passed out in a coma for like two hours. <laughs> um, and then I was like, oh my God, I need to eat. Um, so thank you again for coming on. And I'm sure you'll be back on throughout the season and we can just throw a fit over analytics and <laughs> the defensemen. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, thanks for having me on again, Jess. And Always. Anytime. I love, I love talking hockey. So, Oh yes. And make sure that you are subscribed to locked on flames, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course our YouTube channel and catch you next time.